with his main side hustle, an in-person tour guide service, devastated by the pandemic, Rob Petingulo found a silver lining and spun off an entirely new business and earned another $5,000 along the way. I'm your host, Nick Lofer. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, because sometimes your best ideas aren't visible until you're already in motion. But back to Rob. So we last caught up with Rob January 2020, talking about how he'd grown Trip Hacks DC to 40 grand on the side. And in particular, in that episode, which was number 370, some of the creative ways he'd used YouTube as a marketing channel. But as you know, within a couple months, the world, and especially the travel world, pretty much ground to a halt. It really was disappointing. And eventually, I did what I called putting the business into hibernation, which is basically to stop spending. I went through and looked at all the subscriptions that I had, all the services that I was paying for. And unless it was absolutely 100% necessary, it all got cut and just said, I'm going to wait it out. 2020 was down about 50%, about half compared to 2019. 2021 did come back a little bit. People were traveling again in 2021. 2021 was better than 2020. And we're all grateful for that. It was not quite back to 2019 levels. And in a way, I feel like the fact that this was a side hustle was kind of a blessing in that way, because I saw a lot of fellow tour company owners, they were they were really struggling and they were really stressing because they needed a pivot. They needed some kind of income. They couldn't just cut all the spending down to zero and wait it out like I could. But while Rob was waiting for travel to pick back up, he wasn't just sitting idle. Buried in his YouTube stats and his Google Analytics was this little nugget ready to be mined. Ready? Let's do it. I did start a spinoff website of Tripax DC, a baseball website. It's called shadedseats.com. It's hard to see how they're related. But as you know, I have this YouTube channel, Tripax DC, with tips for folks who are visiting DC. And one of the videos that I made was titled Tips for visiting Nationals Park on a game day. And embedded within that video, one of the tips, I think tip number four is sit in the shade. Because if you're going to a city that's hot in the summer and humid, uh, especially if you're going to a day game, you can very easily roast if you pick the wrong seat. And so that video, as far as general views, has not done very well. I think it's done like 7,000 total views over the lifetime of the video over several years now. But one of the things I said in the video was, hey, um, I'm not going to cover it in depth in this video, but I'm going to put a blog post down in the video description that you can go to, and it'll tell you what sections at National Park have the shaded seats. And so I wrote this little blog post. It was I probably spent less than an hour on it. It was kind of a throwaway. It was just based on my own experiences, my own memory of where I like to sit when I go to games. And I was reviewing the Google Analytics uh, later that summer, and I was noticing that that page was getting a lot of views. And so I checked the YouTube analytics and the video was not getting any views compared to other videos, but it was getting a lot of views from Google. It was getting a lot of views from people who are just going and typing in, where are the shaded seats at Nationals Park? Or where can I sit in the shade at Nationals Park? Wow, like a really long tail search. Exactly. Term. And it the, the most amazing thing was that the post had not been written for SEO. It had not been optimized for SEO. I don't even think I had the... Yoast uh, data filled in for that post. Because like I said, it was basically a throwaway just to include as a footnote for that video. And so the fact that Google was picking it up, it kind of convinced me that if the content's good and it's what people want, all that other stuff, the technical stuff, it's, it's important, but it's not 
the main thing. Like at the end of the day, you got to give people what they're looking for. And this did. And so for a while, that post was completely unmonetized. It didn't have an affiliate link in it. It didn't have anything. It was just getting a lot of hits. There was one month when that one blog post alone got more site page views than all the other pages on TripHexDC combined. And I realized that wow. I had something here, but also it was not really the focus of what I was trying to do, you know, because if you look at the Google Analytics, the bounce rate is really high. People are not clicking off and looking at other pages on the website. They're definitely not looking at the tours that I'm offering. They're just going, getting the info that yeah. they're looking for, and then they leave. And that's fine, but it was kind of a dilemma for me because I didn't know what to do with it. And so eventually I decided, you know, I had to spin it off onto its own website, but then I thought, well, if I'm going to spin off a single ballpark, I got to do them all, right? Like I can't do just the one. Um, (laughs) If people are looking for this info for Washington, DC, they're probably looking for it for St. Louis and Kansas City and Atlanta and a whole bunch of other places that get really hot in the summer. And so I spent a really long time building up that website. It was painful, primarily because it wasn't my main focus. And so I didn't give it as much attention as it probably deserved. And then I launched it and it launched in January, 2020. It didn't really get much traction until 2021. And even then it didn't really start getting traction until about the middle of the baseball season, because a lot of teams started off really slow, bringing back fans into the parks and all of that. So, okay. Are you doing the display ad thing or affiliate for StubHub? Like buy your tickets here. You want these sections, see what's available. Uh, affiliate opportunity? Yes, it's an affiliate site. It doesn't have any display ads. It has links to tickets for SeatGeek, and it has links to merchandise from Fanatics, which is like the vendor that sells most professional sports merchandise. But the the website did do okay. I think it finished up the season with about $5,000 in revenue. So it's not nothing. Um, And especially, you know, given all the struggles that it had been through. I was thrilled that it wound up doing that well. Yeah, that's really cool. And I think it's cool that it kind of came almost by accident out of some content that you had created already that seemed to get outsized attention or an abnormal amount of traction. I think that's always kind of cool. It makes me kind of want to go through my own Google Analytics to say, well, okay, what what are people really into here? You know, maybe there's an opportunity for affiliate stuff there. Maybe there's an opportunity to you know, not necessarily spin that off into its own separate brand like you did, but like to expand on that content in a new post or to explore that kind of like poke at that a little bit more. I think that's really an interesting one, like pay attention to where the the comments are or where the numbers kind of point you to in that way. Any plans to expand to college football, NFL, like you know, other other venues, I guess would be one potential way to grow this thing? I piloted NFL this season, and I think I did six NFL stadiums. One of them is the Giants and Jets, so that's shared, so that counts as two. And then a few of them are shared between college teams, like in Miami, I think the Dolphins and the Hurricanes share a stadium. Okay. And so I piloted that. That actually did okay. Uh, I mostly tried to pick the stadiums that I knew were in the hottest places. So I did Miami, Jacksonville, Tampa. Uh, I did New York because it has two teams. San Francisco is a notoriously uh, hot stadium, um, not even in San Francisco. And so it did okay. But the the tricky thing is that the football season's short. There's only eight home, ga- home games per team per season versus Major League Baseball, which has 81 home games per team per season. And it takes place in the summer. So yeah. there 
is demand for football, but just the nature of the game means that it's never going to have as much interest as uh, baseball does. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My search was how to find rain protected seats at Husky Stadium. It's like, well, is it, you know, what row is under the overhang? And so I was trying to like figure that out based on some uh, seat maps too. So maybe there's the, the winter, winter play. Like, well, where am I going to stay dry um, for these other things? Oh, very cool. What's the, so hoping for a, a bigger year on the shadedseats.com, solving a problem in the world. I guess you could probably just have a page for every stadium that tells, you know, about the stadium, what sections to be on the lookout for tickets in anything else SEO wise, like you, you know, are you building backlinks? Are you doing I don't know, guest posts like to try and support this thing? Or is it just letting the content stand for itself? I'm just letting it stand on its own. And the reason I'm doing that, Nick, is because I'm trying not to overthink it. I'm trying to remember that that original post on triphexdc.com took off without any help. And I'm not the only person who's thought of this idea. So one thing I noticed, and, and perhaps this is the reason why shadedseats.com has done better than some of the competition is that a lot of the content that is out there, it's in a bigger thing. So it might be like a full-blown ballpark guide. And the section on shaded seats is just like one little section in a much bigger article or much bigger guide. And so it kind of gets buried in there. And when people are looking for that one very specific piece of information, 
they don't necessarily want to go finding it in a bigger thing. They just want it delivered to them, put on a plate in front of them. Another thing is that some people have tried to build these very technologically advanced tools where you type in a section number and a row number, and it will tell you, hey, is this in the shade or is it undercover like you were looking for? And that's nice if you already know where you're sitting. But the the thing is that if you don't, you're like, okay, well, am I going to go and type in every single section number and every single row number and like look on this database to see if it's under cover or not? And so the Shaded Seats website, it's just delivering you the information that you're looking for in a very simple and easy to read way. I think that's why it's successful, to be honest, because I'm not trying to overthink it or overdo it uh, like some other things are. Yeah, no, it definitely gets the gears turning on what simple long tail questions might people have about your content that either, you know, you need to answer because there's demand for it that may or may not show up in any keyword research tool, like, you know, shaded seats at national stadium. Like, I, I don't know what the search volume might be. I imagine it's probably pretty low, but it starts to add up, uh, especially if you can do this across multiple venues and answer these people's questions there. It's low. <laughs> I, I know when I, when I used to pay for HRFs, I ran every single ballpark and, you know, on HRFs, it gives you like a zero to 100. How popular is this search query? Yeah. And most of the parks, it was a zero or it was a, we don't even have enough data to give you a number right. for this. I think the highest one might've been like four or five. So they were all very, very low, not a lot of searches per month, but people were looking for a very specific thing. And that's the other thing that I realized was that when you are trying to build one of these affiliate sites, you know, you're trying to go after the intention of the buyer. So someone who's typing in Red Sox tickets into Google, it's very obvious what they want. They want to buy something. They want to buy Red Sox tickets. But someone who's typing in shaded seats at Fenway Park, they also want to buy something. It's just much less obvious from their search term exactly what they're doing. So I think that's how I missed it for a long time and how a lot of these do get missed when you're using those tools that are trying to spit out, you know, the queries and what people are looking for. Because you don't realize, even if you come across it, you don't realize that what you're looking at actually is a search for someone who's trying to buy something. Yeah, going presumably like one step higher in that buyer's decision funnel, right? Where it's like, you know, they're kind of in this information seeking stage, but, you know, they have the same end goal. I don't know. I think that's a really smart one. I think it's kind of cool. I think there's some expansion opportunities there. And, uh, hopefully a a better year for live sports in 2022. Uh, So five grand revenue wise at shaded seats. Uh, What did the tour business end up doing last year? 26,000. That's not bad. So if my math is right, that's down about 36% from where it was when we recorded two years ago. And so, yeah, on the one hand, um, you know, in, in many other contexts, if you, you didn't know about the industry or anything, if you said, Hey, sales, are down 36% uh, compared to their peak, you'd say, oh, that's not good. That's a bad sign. But given the circumstances, yeah, it's it's hard to say that I'm you know devastated by it. Uh, I'm disappointed by it. Don't get me wrong, but it was not the same devastation that 2020 was. You got to keep finding these other little five ten thousand dollar pivots inside the gold mine of the YouTube analytics here. It's, well, what else uh, are people looking for questions about? That's kind of cool. Uh, what's What's next for you? What's on the horizon? Hopefully return to the in-person tour stuff, expanding the shadedseats.com business. I don't know, any future plans on either the YouTube side or the online business side? 
My hope for the 2020 season was that it, it wouldn't just be me giving the tours anymore. I still love doing it and I enjoy it and like meeting people, but you need tour guides to grow, to scale. And so that was my great hope for 2020. Obviously that didn't pan out. So that's, I'm going to say that's my hope again. The same hope I had two years ago when we talked is my okay. same hope again is to build out a team. And I've started, um, do have one wonderful guide who I trained last summer and fall. Usually I don't try to train guides that late in the season, but last year I did. And so hopefully that person will be back and we'll add more people to the team and we'll start to get more tours out uh, from people who aren't just me. Well, very good. Expanding through uh, delegation, expanding through hiring there frees up some of your time to focus on the operations and marketing and all this other stuff that goes into it. Again, triphacksdc.com. If you're planning a trip to the DC area, be sure to check Rob out over there. Check out his YouTube videos. If you're uh, in the market for some uh, Major League Baseball seats in the shade, shadedseats.com is your go-to destination for that. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation 2022 edition. Lean on the fact that this is a side hustle and you have flexibility that people who are trying to make this work full-time don't have. Absolutely. Do you remember the number one tip from 2020? Nope. <laughs> All right. It's still a good one. It's, it was practice makes perfect, which I think is very Oof, pertinent. That's such a good one. About getting in the reps and, you know, nobody can expect to be an expert on your first time out and just, you know, keep keeping at it. I had a screenshot of blog traffic over the course of, you know, 2013 to, to today and, you know, it was almost imperceptible. Like the first two and a half years is like the line is so close to zero. It's like, okay, if you are in this zone, keep going. Like that was the moral of the story. I mean, you, do, you could do the same thing on the podcast download chart. It's like nothing, you know, at the time it was like, oh, look at all this traffic, you know, but zoomed out. It's kind of like, okay, you know, you really hadn't hit that inflection point yet. So practice makes perfect and lean on the fact that it is a side hustle. Be grateful for that flexibility. Rob, appreciate you joining me and we'll catch up with you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Nick. Big thanks to Rob for sharing his insight. He's batting lead off in a short series this month on side hustle spinoffs. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you find value in this show, the greatest compliment is to share it with a friend. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.